Welcome to Bancroft's Broadcasts, the school podcast where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about the school and its community. This is the place to keep up to date and in touch with our school. So let's get into this episode of Bancroft's Broadcasts. Antonia Fryer-Green is Director of Learning Strategy at Bancroft School and Claire Everett-Ellis is Exams Officer at the school. Together, Antonia and Claire will explain how children can best prepare for exams and how sometimes allowing space and time to relax can be just as important as time spent revising. So I'm joined today at Bancroft School by Antonia Fryer-Green and Claire Everett-Ellis. Hello Antonia, hello Claire. Hello, Claire. Hi. Now, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the ideas and advice that you may have for parents and children. But to get us started, I'd just like to know a little bit more about yourselves. Antonia, could you tell us uh, your role at Bancroft's? Yeah, so uh, my role is Director of Learning Strategy. I've been at the school for 12 years now Mm -hmm. and done various different roles. And this is a relatively new role. Having been the head of learning support, my new remit is more of a whole school approach. So looking at how we can support our students and their learning within the classroom. I also do a lot of work with teachers and heads of department to make sure that we are meeting the needs of all of our students. So you work across the school with various different teachers, departments, trying to ensure that everything is done as best as it can be in terms of learning. Yes, absolutely. Important stuff. Thanks for joining us, Antonia. And Claire, Claire Everett-Ellis, hello there. Hi. Tell us a little about your role at Bancroft, Claire. I've recently joined Bancroft's in the last three years. Obviously, it's been an interesting few years for exams in terms of COVID and the current changes. But previous to that, I worked in a college for exams for about 20 years. So a bit of experience running exams, but I think the last three have been interesting for staff as well as the pupils and their parents. Of course, I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more about that, certainly. Let's look at the topic today, exams. Exams are uh, clearly an important topic to anyone either at school or with children at school. Are they a big and important part of life at Bancroft's? Yeah, (laughs) well, I think uh, the reality is, is that unfortunately or fortunately, exams are a big part of most teenagers' life. We have some exceptionally able children at Bancroft's and for them exams is a really good opportunity for them to really put into practice what they've learnt. It's a really good opportunity for them to show just just how able they are. Obviously with that, you know, students I think all over the country and all over the world do get stressed with exams and often place an enormous amount of emphasis on the outcome. And and that's actually often driven by the students and and their families rather than us as a school. But as I said, they are a part of of school. And so they do become a a particularly big thing, especially in fifth form for GCSEs and A-levels for upper six. That's an interesting point that about where the emphasis or, or, or where the pressure comes from in terms of exams. What's your view, Claire? It's been a bit of a learning curve for me, actually, coming to Bancroft's because mm-hmm. I've worked in FE before, which is obviously students there. It's a different parameters and students that tend to go to colleges don't do so well at school. Coming to Bancroft's, it's been the students do see them as a, a, a be-all and end-all. 
um, and sometimes they do put quite an undue pressure on themselves to achieve highly when they are already on that trajectory, as they say. And, you know, they, the students are, you know, doing well and we give them the support to get them through their exams. Mm. Um, but obviously pressure to, I think, sometimes get on the right courses. Mm-hmm the right university placements mm. can sometimes put them in a position that they feel they need to do a little bit better. Right. Um, competition can sometimes be a factor. It's nice to be competitive, but I think sometimes putting too much pressure on yourself can be a, you know, a bit unfortunate. So it sounds like you're, you're both giving us a message that exams are important, exams are useful, but you think sometimes the pressure that's felt by children around exam time may not always be helpful. And if we can look at that, perhaps we can be of some use. So in the last three years, we've noticed that change. Pupils haven't had any exams. So our current upper six missed their GCSEs due to them being cancelled because of COVID. They have had some internal exams, which are very mock-like. They've had internal marks. But this will be the first year that they've actually done public external exams. I Mm. think children across the country, not just their own children, are going to be a little bit more nervous because yeah. they haven't had that experience. So I think that's been a, a factor in, in a bit more stress this year. I'm not sure if Antonio would agree. Well, I'd like to maybe get some advice from, from the two of you about how children and parents can maybe approach exams with, with a healthy and constructive frame of mind, how they can get the most out of it without feeling uh, too stressed or, or, or feeling too, too much pressure. Is revision still that important thing that a lot of us may remember it as is that process of revising and preparing for an exam still a key part of what goes on yeah i mean i think the key word there is preparation i like to see exams as the final point in in a process Mm -hmm. and if you do prepare effectively uh, then exams should actually be a relatively enjoyable experience I think that the difficulty is, is that students don't always know how to revise effectively and parents don't always know how to support their children. So if students are able to achieve an appropriate uh, preparation phase, Mm -hmm. then I think that's key in terms of not only doing well in exams, but also in reducing any stress. What does that look like, that, that appropriate revision phase? Well, I think timing is key. What doesn't work particularly well for either GCSE or A-levels is last minute. We, we often hear of, of students cramming and often there's a huge misconception that if you cram, then it's fresh in your memory. Mm. Uh, and actually, that's not the case. Completely agree with that, definitely. <laughs> So I think, you know, there are certain considerations which are very important in terms of effective revision. Mm. Some of those include environment. We have a lot of students who don't get the environment right. And I am a firm believer in association. Uh, From my own experience, I never really associated my bedroom with work. Uh, There were far too many distractions. So although I would kid myself that when I sat down with my beautiful revision timetables that I would be able to work effectively, that didn't really happen. So I would strongly urge students and their parents to really think about what is the most 
appropriate environment. And it may be the kitchen, it may be the dining room, it may be that students take themselves off to the local library or they use the school library. Mm -hmm. But it's really important to find the right environment first and foremost. So straight away, two important ideas there. Firstly, about timing. Secondly, about environment. What are your views, Claire? No, I completely agree with Antonia. It's about obviously having the right balance as well. From my perspective, I always like the kids to take a break um, mm-hmm. and to make sure that they don't, I don't want to say the word overstudy because then people get the wrong idea of that, but making sure that when you've got your revision timetable that you've actually factored in some time to take a break, to go and meet some friends for a coffee, to get out and get some fresh air, kick a football over the field, take a walk. It's about that balance of not sort of studying 24-7. Why is that important, Claire? What's so important about that idea of, of taking breaks? It's clearing your mind because Mm -hmm. sometimes if you've got too much information, as we said about cramming, it doesn't stay. It doesn't stay in the brain. And and, and getting fresh air and exercise, as we know, is good for the mind. It helps balance it out and reduces stress, as they say. And also about meeting friends. It just, we all know that if you can just go and have a chat with someone and just share a conversation and you might find that if you're studying the same subject you'll have that chat over coffee or on a walk. Oh right that might be less formal a type of revision than looking at things in a book but just that brief chat about a particular idea a particular concept that you've been studying that might be useful in a, in a different kind of way. In a different kind of way but I know Miss Fryer Green definitely has more tips and <laughs> hints on on how to structure revision which is quite helpful. Let's have more of those tips. What, 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 what do you have for us Antonia? Well I mean just to echo what Claire was saying about breaks there's actually been mm. a lot of research that's been carried out in terms of the human brain and what we can actually cope with and those research projects have proved that 45 minutes is really the ideal time for a human being to maintain full focus. After 45 minutes, it tends to drop off. And uh, within that, they have showed that a 15-minute break, and they call it productivity's golden time. Okay. So it's, it's long enough for the brain to disengage and to feel refreshed but not long enough to lose focus and and derail. So that's quite a handy ratio for us then, isn't it? Within an hour, we're saying 45 minutes of of study balanced with 15 minutes of taking a break. That's a, a healthy way to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, during the day, we very much recommend that students do do that 45 minutes. You know, the, the, the topic of mobile phones is is often raised. Mm. And from my perspective, phones are not particularly useful to have next to you when you're revising. Okay. But because of that 10 to 15 minute break, that might be the time that students go and check their WhatsApp or their Snapchat. Mm. But it's important to then make sure that that phone remains away from the study area. Is that okay within that break time we've discussed? Finishing my 45 minutes, turning to my phone, as opposed to possibly going for a walk or doing something else, is that something that, that that's part of that mix that's okay? Yeah, I think it's absolutely fine. As, as long as students are then, and this is where parents come in, in mm. terms of supporting students with making sure that that 15 minutes doesn't then become 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Right. In terms of exercise, 
we would suggest that a, a longer break is then implemented for that. So mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, sessions of 45 minutes with breaks in between, mm-hmm. then perhaps at lunchtime, an hour's break where a student, you know, have something to eat, but might also go for a walk. I'm also a really firm believer in getting the work done at the earliest opportunity so that you are then able to take a, a break at the end and really it's a reward you've done the work now you reward yourself with going and meeting friends perhaps going and doing some exercise or so on so on that topic i i also think it's really important for parents to be aware that teenagers do need their sleep and that there is no point in being unrealistic and and uh, setting a timetable that starts at nine o'clock in the morning if that's not how your child usually functions so it's okay to start revision at 10 or 11 and then to set out a certain amount of sessions, I call it. So these 45-minute mm. sessions. And then at the end of the day to have a very fixed point at which they finish. Okay. And then have timetabled in something such as some fun, some relaxation, so that they've actually got something to look forward to and they're also rewarding themselves. This sounds realistic. This sounds a nice way to ensure that we're not asking too much of, of these teenagers who, who need their sleep, who, who need their relaxation. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look a little maybe at the materials that children are using when they are revising. Is it about going through their textbooks from which they've learned these ideas? Is it about looking at past papers? Claire, can I ask you, what do you think are the most valuable materials to be working with at revision time? There tends to be a lot of resources that are available and the teachers are the best people for pupils to speak to because Mm -hmm. they will give them the information that they need. This year is a slightly different year because there's a lot of advanced information that's coming out for pupils to use. Mm. But my advice would always be to speak to your teachers and speak to the heads of department because they will give you the best advice. They're the, they're the teachers of the subjects. They're the ones that are helping you, you know, aim towards your goal of achieving your GCSE and A-levels. And they are the best people to give you the advice and structure to help you form your timetable of what you should be revising, what you should be using. We do recommend some past papers, but obviously some pupils can try and use past papers too much and that doesn't always help it can sometimes lead to a bit more anxiety of this is what the paper may look like Mm. and obviously if a paper changes on the day it can be a little bit uncertain Mm -hmm. so i would always say my advice is speak to your teachers and come up with a revision plan that suits you so might it be the case that it will vary subject to subject. For a given subject, a particular teacher may say these are the materials to work with. For a different subject, the answer may be different. Yes, definitely, because each subject is different. Obviously, you're going to have a different research material when you're doing English than you will do for maths. So Mm. that's why we always recommend speaking to you. They are the subject specialists and they're there to support you. I see. Past papers can be useful, but beware, teachers will will advise you. Can I just chip in there? Mm. I think what we're trying to really emphasise to our students in terms of revision is that rote learning from a textbook is not effective. So it's the actual processing phase. And we do a lot of in-house drop-down days where we look at teaching the students effective revision strategies. 
In terms of past papers, there is definitely a time and place for past papers, but it's really important that the students have the knowledge first. If they go straight in and try and tackle past papers without the knowledge, they tend to be a little bit demotivating and not particularly useful in terms of learning. And and that can really enhance or, or increase anxiety. So what we suggest is that the students do the revision first. And then as they approach the exams, they do do as many past papers as possible. Mm. There is also a really important factor to past papers, and that's making sure that if you're going to do a past paper, that you have the mark scheme that you can refer to once you've completed the questions. There's a number of reasons for that. One is that the mark schemes are very specific and there's some very specific terminology in them. Uh, So we suggest that the students compare their answers. And if there is terminology missing or if they haven't quite uh, achieved all the marks that they could have achieved, we would suggest that they then use the question and they actually fill in the bits that they've missed out. Uh, from the mark scheme and that can then provide them with a really good revision tool of course of course this sounds like a really useful distinction yeah i mean the reality is about well thinking about gcse particularly is that if you do enough papers and and the same topic is covered in those papers Mm. the the same terminology will keep coming up time and time again in the mark scheme Mm. So it's a really good way of making sure that you have a bank of good vocabulary and key terms. That makes sense. Absolutely. So we've already, I think, touched on some really good advice that you've offered us here in terms of timing, in terms of environment, in terms of revision materials. Let's touch maybe on on some of the mistakes. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes or most easily avoided mistakes you see students making when it comes to preparing for exams? Well, doing past papers too early okay. <laughs> is is probably a big mistake. We've talked a little bit about cramming mm-hmm. the night before. Aside from the fact that the research shows that it's not particularly useful, one of the big issues with cramming is tiredness. And in an exam, the, the optimum state to be in for an exam is, is refreshed. And the reason being that it's, it's about the speed at which you access information. Mm-hmm. And if you're tired there is a delay in how quickly you can access the information from your brain. Of course. And obviously, if there's a delay, that can mean that time runs out and that's a bit of an issue. So being refreshed and and not being tired is is really key uh, and that can really alleviate stress and panic. I think we can relate to that. Claire, what are your thoughts around the mistakes that you sometimes see students making? Well, see, mine is not so much focused on, the, I suppose, the preparing before the exams, on the revision side of things. Mm. Mine's very much, I suppose, focused on things that happen during the actual exam process. Mm-hmm. So, uh, such as, the, as Antonia said, making sure you get a good night's sleep the night before, so you're well rested, mm. making sure that if you... We are all nervous. We get nervous. I have to admit, I actually get really nervous on exam days, though I'm preparing them for the students. Right. Um, so I actually try to do the same things that I would recommend to the students. Good night's sleep, good breakfast, leave plenty of time to make sure that you're there. Because again, it all leads to the, the anxiety on the day is that if you're if you wake up slightly late and you're tired, you're already going to be nervous and mm. worried that you're not going to get there on time. So it's making sure that if you do get a bus, 
that you get maybe an earlier bus so that you're not worried about missing the bus and then being late, that you give yourself plenty of time to get to the exam, that you've got everything you need on the exam day, so that you're just prepared when you walk into that exam room and sit at that desk, that all the the little things that can be taken away, such as tiredness, hunger, being slightly thirsty, mm. it just it's those little tips that if you're prepared to take the exam, you'll be ready to take the exam. Sounds really simple to say that, but it's just the little tools to mm. remember on the day. If we can take those slight anxious bits out, then... And I think also just following on from that, you know, Claire touched on getting things ready, knowing exactly what papers you're going to be sitting, knowing that you have with you uh, the right equipment. Phones is a big thing because Mm -hmm. obviously you're not allowed to take phones into the exam. And sometimes when students have them in their pocket and they're stopped with the phone, they then panic. So thinking about the fact that they need to know where to leave their bag, where to leave their phone, watches, you know, Apple watches and smart watches are not allowed. So just Mm -hmm. really preparing uh, and sort of running through in their head what they need to do prior to actually lining up ready for the exam is really useful because that can really alleviate stress. The other thing in terms of food, and I I think a lot of the students think that I'm a bit over the top when I talk about this, but (laughs) they're they're often very keen to get energy in because they realise that exams can last for a, a relatively long time. But what they do is they make the mistake of eating very sugary foods and and what happens is that their sugar levels and their energy levels are great Mm. for part of the way through the exam but then there is a a huge sugar dip Ah. which can actually then lead to fatigue which in turn means that they're much more easily distracted so things like porridge fruit eggs nuts yogurts those are much better because they are slow releasing in terms of of glucose and energy and it just means that they can actually maintain their energy for the duration of the exam rather than having these peaks and troughs so it sounds like we've got two really valuable strands of advice coming here there's the advice that we can offer in terms of the way that children revise the materials that actual revision process but then also perhaps these really important but more fundamental things about being rested, being fed, being ready in terms of being on time, being prepared with the right things in the right place. This is equally important when it comes to exam day. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It, it seems the obvious thing to, to say to especially a young person, just make sure you have a good night's sleep, a good breakfast, a, a sensible, sensible, healthy breakfast uh, and be on time. And it is those little things that sometimes on the day it could be raining very heavily and then the traffic is slightly busier. Mm. Um, so it's, it's just about being prepared, especially, as Antonia said the night before, making sure you know your timetable for the exams the next day, um, what time they're going to be, what room they're going to be in. Mm. Um, I'd also like to add, to sort of, I suppose, diverging slightly into on the exam day themselves, is that a lot of the pupils see invigilators in any exam room, in any school, as people of extreme authority. And they are there to obviously facilitate the exam and make sure that they are run under the correct regulations Mm -hmm. but they're also there to help 
um, as myself, I, I try and meet regularly with our current GCSE and A-level cohorts and any other people that's taken an exam so that they know who to approach on the morning of the exam if there is a concern or an issue. Um, because a number of pupils, if they do wake up in the morning and something is wrong or they're not feeling very well or they're not sure what to do in an emergency it's to ring the school or to speak to a member of staff just about any concerns that we can alleviate on that day that might help you. As you say Bancroft's is there to help the children in its care and and, and that's a, a nice example of that. Are there any other ways Claire in which say around the topic of stress, uh, exam stress, maybe some children are, are really sort of feeling this pressure despite the best efforts of their parents and their teachers. How can the school help these children who are really feeling that pressure around exam time? We'd always say speak to somebody. If you are mm -hmm. feeling really anxious about your exams and that are coming up, speak to your parents. If you can't speak to your parents, speak to your teachers, speak to your house masters and mistresses at Bancroft's. They are there to help you. They're there to support you. Mm. You know, my door is always open. I'm always available to speak to a student on an exam day before, after, during, if they need help. I think one of the biggest things as well is that during the exams, so as the students are sitting there taking their exams, a number of students feel quite nervous about raising their hands and asking for right. something as, as simple as a, a pen because their pen's not working or they're really, really unsure, is that we'd always mm. say, raise your hands, speak to a staff member, because mm. like I said, we are there to help. And also, I was just going to add slightly, is that if you're really, really in the middle of that exam room having a, a mind melt, you've got a question in front mm. of you that you're you're not quite sure and you're starting to panic slightly, is I'd always mm. say put your hands on the desk, close your eyes, take a big, deep breath and count to ten. Sometimes just okay. pausing and calming for a couple of seconds to just put your mindset back in, in that start position will help. Sounds very wise. Antonia, any, anything you have to add on the topic of stress and, and dealing with that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Bancroft's, we, we do pride ourselves on our, our pastoral care. And I think often students will go off on study leave and start their exam series and forget that we are still here. So in terms of, you know, speaking to house staff, tutors, the counsellor, you know, those those are all still available to students when they're on study leave. Similarly for parents, we, we are still here for conversations with parents. I know it can be a really stressful time for parents, particularly when they've got more than one child who are sitting exams. So, yeah, as a school, we are here, but it's really important that people let us know if they're struggling or they're particularly stressed. And then we can put into practice, you know, some of the things that have been helpful in the past. And, mm -hmm. and you know, similar to what uh, Claire was saying, is that sometimes people do get blocks in exams. And as she said, uh, taking a deep breath is really useful. If they can't answer the question, they can move on and come back to it. I have seen in the past students who have almost seemed to have, have come to a standstill because they've got stuck on a question. It's really mm. important to remember to move on and to do the questions that you can do because there usually is time to come back. 
and complete the question that you weren't able to do. And often by the time you come back to it, actually, you've been able to access the information more readily. Of course. A really simple but but valuable strategy. Yeah. Can I just say one more thing that I I haven't mentioned? And in terms of of revision, we talked a little bit about the sort of right environment and where is a good place and when is a good time to revise. Hmm. The other key thing that I think students take for granted is the importance of organisation. I've seen lots of students whose desks are just full of paper and full of books Actually, having an organised workspace is really fundamental to good revision. Okay. So I would always suggest that at the end of a revision period, that students tidy their desks up so that when they then go back for the next day of revision, that they're starting with a nice clear space. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, an untidy desk actually does increase stress, but it also wastes time in terms of trying to find the right materials. And mm. it's also quite easy to procrastinate when you have a lot of stuff to to look through. <laughs> of course. I think so, we all recognise that. Yeah. And, and I think for, for parents, you know, it's something that's quite easy for them to get involved in, in terms of supporting their children. So actively encourage mm. them to put their books in an orderly fashion. I mm. use the sort of magazine racks, sort of one for each topic or, or each subject rather. And then it's just very easy to pull them out and then put them back again. The other thing is is light, which I haven't mentioned. And um, oh. if, yeah, if, if a child tries to study and it's too dark, it can put a real strain on their eyes, which mm. then leads to tiredness. But... On the opposite side, if it's too bright or it's artificial light, then you can almost overstimulate your brain and that can give you headaches. So what we suggest is to get as much natural sunlight as possible. Okay. So if at all possible, sitting near a window or under a skylight, if that's possible, that can actually be really beneficial. That is very useful indeed. Absolutely. So, Antonia, Claire, you've given us so many useful ideas to consider here in terms of uh, the preparation for exams and things to think about on exam day itself. If a child is listening to this, thinking there's a lot to take on here, what would possibly be your headline piece of advice, your one most important thing you'd like to offer? Claire, let's start with you. Well, as the exams officer for the school, I'd definitely say be on time for your exam. <laughs> Whatever right, you do, fundamental, don't, I suppose. Don't be late, but uh, just listen to your teachers and um, heed their, you know, advice on revision, and reach out to us if you need any sure. help. That sounds like solid advice. And Antonia, what would your headline piece of advice be? I think probably just preparation. Right. I think preparing what you need to learn, making sure you have plenty of time to learn it, being prepared for the actual exams. Now is a really good time to do that. Obviously, once you start the exam, preparation is impossible. So I think it's just acting early. And I think in terms of that preparation, getting as many people on board with that as possible. So as Claire said, chatting to your teachers whilst you're in school, chatting to your parents about what might be triggers for stress, chatting to siblings who have probably or possibly been through the experience before. But I think not being sure about something is probably the biggest cause of anxiety. So yeah, just asking questions and and being as prepared as possible. Solid advice. 
Claire, Antonia, you've been really helpful today, but you've also been really reassuring, I think, taking a topic that many of us, whether parents or children, may have concerns about. And you've given us some really calming, solid advice. I want to thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. That was Antonia Fryer-Green, who is Director of Learning Strategy, and Claire Everett-Ellis, who is Exams Officer at Bancroft School. Claire and Antonia offered us some valuable advice there on how children can best prepare for their exams and how parents can help them arrive prepared, refreshed, refuelled and ready to demonstrate their learning. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website, bancrofts.org. Now our next episode is coming out soon, so in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.